Hi, this is Alan Watt at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and today it is January the 25th, 2007. I'll kick off tonight with a, a news article from the Athens News, Athens, Ohio, that is. This was an, an article written by James Renner of the Cleveland Free Times I guess that's a group a syndicated group on the 30th of the 5th 2006 last week a fire ignited at the Akron air dock that was that once housed a fleet of Goodyear blimps firemen rushed to the 211 foot tall structure and quickly doused the flames. Reporters and photographers descended on the landmark. Many were surprised to learn the blimps were no longer being stored there. Turns out Lockheed Martin, the company that gave us the Trident Intercontinental Ballistic Missile, was renovating the site for an upcoming project when the fire started. It's being turned into a hangar for a prototype airship. If you're frightened of this administration's habit of spying on American citizens, you may want to stop reading. The prototype is called the High Altitude Airship, or HAA, which is a kind of laugh, isn't it? If you put the A in front of the H, you have another one behind it, so you've got AHA. And that was uh, one of Alistair Crowley's old magic terms that he used. Lockheed Martin Maritime Systems, a sensors in Akron, won the $40 million contract from the Missile Defense Agency to build HA in 2003. It is essentially another blimp, a giant one, 17 times the size of the Goodyear dirigible. It's designed to float 12 miles above the Earth, far above planes and weather systems, it will be powered by solar energy and will stay in a geocentric orbit for up to a year, undetectable by ground-based radar. You can't see it from the ground, but it can see you. The possibilities are endless for homeland security, says Kate Dunlap, a Lockheed Martin spokesperson. It could house cameras and other surveillance equipment it would be an eye in the sky.
according to a summary released by the U.S. Army Space and Missile Defense Command, the HAA can watch over a circle of countryside 600 miles in diameter. That's everything between Toledo and New York City. And want to build 11. Oh, 11. We love the number 11. Jackin and Boaz again. With high-resolution cameras that could mean constant surveillance of every square inch of American soil. If you had a fleet of them, it could be used for border surveillance, suggests Dunlap. Ah, God. The launch date is 2009. And it's added on to the end of this little article here. Of course, mimicking its defense of warrantless wiretapping and phone log data mining, the government maintains it only wants to protect its citizens from external threats. But as any geek can tell you, blimps were ubiquitous in The Watchmen, the seminal 80s graphic novel in which heroes have been driven underground and Nixon is still president. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not watching you. And so (laughs) there you have that part of it, Uh, the eye in the sky. It's nice to know you've been taken care of so well. And they, they're so concerned about us all, isn't it? And all those old folk songs about little things that the dalliances that happened in haystacks in the countryside will uh, no longer be relevant anymore. You'd have to be inside the haystack. So, we're all being watched and monitored and this is really old stuff very old stuff I can remember Bill Cooper when he did his article on Area 51 uh, he did actually a a video on Area 51 where you could watch all these uh, airships well there was UFO types the flying saucers it's an Air Force testing base for advanced aircraft and that's where all your UFOs have been coming out of now they have them all over the world actually and he did photograph this huge cigar shaped object coming out of a cloud 20 miles away with a huge telephoto lens and it's very possible that was one of these prototype eye in the sky airships And we always did say these politicians are full of gas. Well, now we know. Now we know where it's all going. This is going to a good cause. It's a pity they couldn't attach themselves to these balloons and, and go up in them and just keep uh, pumping the gas in. And that's a, another method of getting high. And these characters do like getting high from all the, the reports we get about the politicians. Any fool can tell this has nothing to do with border security. It's nothing to do uh, with uh, Arab terrorists. It's to do with a world that's coming into view, a planned world, uh, the, the multicultural world which they wrote about so long ago the omelette that Mr. Rockefeller talked about and you can't help breaking eggs to make the omelette there will be chaos for a while according to their plans and they've been preparing to deal with this chaos for many many years and as I've said so many times they have no favourites when it comes to the peasant of one country or the peasant of another the elite are a club unto themselves and the mayhem that will be caused when cultures clash as they unfortunately will do that's the history of the world the the ancients used this system over and over we know that uh, even before the Romans the various demagogues of Persia and other countries 
moved whole populations from their homelands to other other places far, far away. And sometimes brought them back generations later as a, a different people almost. And we're watching the same techniques occur again. And when they want to cause conflict, they simply put in racial types with completely diverse cultures who can get along when there's enough money up there and work but when they cause big inflation when the job the, the jobs begin to disappear people retreat to their cultures and then start pointing the traditional fingers at the traditional enemies and we know what happens it's just the story of history and it's also an art form a technique that's used and always has been used by the global elite uh, it's taught in even some of the higher courses for the military at the very top nothing new under the sun we know the foundations have been funding all the Latin American groups who are pushing for what they think is going to be the new freedom as they move into what was or is American territory and the old histories are rehashed and how they can reclaim it they'll never figure out themselves it doesn't matter who claims to be in control since their leaders are all part of one club uh, they will not benefit the average person who ends up causing the fighting and so on will not benefit from this at all more and more people will move as they have been from the southern states and, and go north many have moved abroad in fact in anticipation of all this and since this is a mandate it's, it's not debatable it's a mandate it's a plan there's no complaints department anywhere all the young politicians who come into federal status understand this right off the bat to toe the line as they say in masonry they don't ask questions they know it's the agenda or they catch on quickly and they parrot all the right things to say they will not turn back this is a mandate above politics beyond politics for those who own the world and they only own it because we believe they own it because we believe in money and through debt etc they do own it you never borrow if you do you're in debt the debt is a slave to the debtor that's old ancient history so there we are with the net the net that's been spread out over the world by the fishers of men over a very very long period and what you're seeing under the guises of nonsense and farce actually it's so ridiculously stupid at least the excuses were given are ridiculously stupid infantile that tells you how much they think of the public you're watching the totalitarian system as they pull the drawstrings of the net and the mayhem which will ensue for a while which is predicted for to last maybe three, four generations till a new culture comes out of it however it won't stop there because they're already planning to do other things with society uh, such as the chip the brain chip and creating new types of life forms as well we are here to serve a system that should be self-evident by the fact that every parent has to send by law their child to school I know there are some holdouts in the US who still hold home school but even they are being encroached upon 
enforced to teach the same things have been taught in the public school system so when you're mandated to go to school and you're born free sovereign well it doesn't jive does it you're either free or you're not free one of the two and looking at the definitions of a citizen it's someone who was born with pre-existing duties to the state some say to serve the state in the Council on Foreign Relations reports the branch of the, the American branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs they wrote exceedingly about this topic where the world they're bringing in is where everyone will be proud to serve the state that will be their duty their sole duty actually what you have is a dominant minority at the top the keepers of the wisdom of the ages the knowledge of the ages the keepers of the financial system at the top they have a scientific group technocrats as Brzezinski calls them who take care of the system for them especially the one that's coming into view it's more technical orientated and then they have the, the various bureaucracies beneath that in this structure to give us a form at this phase of the game of communistic rule over the people in fact from the bureaucracies down it's a, it's a copy of the communist or the soviet system some debate which came first the British system of socialism or the soviet system and of course even some of the communists at the top said I think Khrushchev said it that socialism or communism was just socialism in a hurry and that's just true, they use re rebellion and revolution to hurry things up we are going through a revolution at the moment revolutions in the past were never headed by ordinary people the revolutions of the present aren't done so either people in the revolutions in France who took two generations to, to build it up to a, the, the, the proper pitch of fervor and they used the middle class to do it in France the French Revolution under its many words of equality and fraternity and so on was really a middle class revolution to usurp power that was held by an oligarchy and spread the wealth amongst themselves and in America it's odd because their definition of working class is a bit different from most countries and middle class a middle class in, in Europe traditionally were suit and tie employees people who didn't dirty their hands in any kind of manual work whatsoever some of them at one time getting earning less than some of the higher paid factory workers at a certain point in history when they had factories but in the US it's done by their income so you had people who could work in factories who count themselves as middle class when I'm talking about the middle classes in the revolution of France I'm referring to the learned elite of France many of whom weren't French at all they'd come from Switzerland which has always been a training base for the revolutions it's odd if you go into the history of Switzerland how uh, cantons were formed from different countries to give you German, Italian, French and so on speaking areas uh, that somehow always could live harmoniously because the bankers at the top made it so 
while the same bankers who funded other countries made it impossible for other peoples to live together they gave the writers of the Geneva Bible the right to live in Switzerland they were on the run from the authorities in England and other countries and they were Rosicrucian Freemasons and after that other rebels fighting against monarchies went to Switzerland they were always given asylum there and generally trained to be better at what they were going to do in the future what was to get sent back home and stir up the people who would always follow if you tell them you're doing it for them and how wealthy they're going to be and happy and all the rest of it the same kind of stuff we hear in presidential speeches today promises, promises yet the French Revolution was a, a really good example of Freemasonic Revolution the, the United States was the same but they've managed to hide a lot since through rewriting and writing out of different Masonic incidents and in, in peoples in their history they've had it scrubbed clean and now they have a sort of Hollywood version France tended to leave it as it was and made no bones about it that they set up the coffee houses for discussions and these were Masonic clubs to get the, the whole thing going they funded, the bankers funded the top writers of the day to say all the right things and stir the people up and down through time as they recruit masons they still tell them that, that they were behind the revolutions and it was for the ordinary people and how good things were going to be and they're still doing the same I'm sure in the, the lodges it isn't until you stand back and say wait a minute to you there's a minority dictating the future always under the guise of helping other people especially the masses and getting to the masses to go along with it sometimes having bloody revolutions other times having bloodless ones we've had the sexual revolution many different kind of revolutions in the sexual revolution it's interesting they even brought unisex into it one sex, that's what unisex fashion means and the males and the females all dressed the same with the same jeans and and shirts and all the rest of it unisex fashions to blur the distinction between male and female which was part of the communist manifesto the expanded version not just the ten planks you should read it sometimes and when I was small I used to be amazed at looking at the the Chinese the, the communist Chinese that occasionally show in television who were all given the same blue tunics and jeans to wear because they had, they had, there had to be no class distinction no sexual distinction between male and female so they all walked around with these pajamas on that were blue and that was at the same time as they were doing the same thing in Europe with the hippie movements and so on wearing the blue jeans uh, the guys got their hair long and from behind often you couldn't tell if it was male or female so the same thing has been done exactly the same thing without explaining it to the people who thought it was just their thing their fashion, their generation's fashion never questioned where the fashion came from and they didn't know that the fashion industry is tied into the entertainment industry which is tied into the cultural creation industry this is an old, old, old silence and at least in say Soviet countries the people knew they were slaves you just didn't talk about it but you knew it when you're made to think you're free yet you're still adopting all the Soviet policies without the term communism ever being used it'll never dawn on most people unless you really point it out to them and even then they're in shock 
if they do understand it, what you're telling them. Most can't. They think we're just stumbling and evolving along through the darkness. And things appear spontaneously into the fashion industry and so on. And scientists are, are really, really just working on what they tell us they're working on and they don't know all the answers yet about things. And that they get the latest things that are invented, they disappear on the shelves. The same people never even noticed the transfer of factories to China. They dream their lives through, they're in a form of somnambulism. And they have no memory of the past. The children are taught not to even listen to the older people. They're past it. That's why you have no movies or programs now about older people. It's all about young people. And that's to give the impression that once you're past a certain age that you have no purpose. You are, well, you're, you're obsolete. Just like your computers and things. Anything old is obsolete. Everything new is good. Simple as that. This is a technique that's used. Even when I was small, we kept we kept getting reruns from uh, from the U.S. of old black and white movies. You would see actors in their forties and fifties quite commonly as the main type of hero characters. You don't see that today because it's a youth-orientated culture not because the youth picked it for themselves but because those who direct society and the culture creation industry make it so at one time it was a pleasure to listen to the elderly the ones with wisdom and they did have them in those days to just hear how they had lived and been brought up because what can happen in the past can be reintroduced at any time most people today couldn't put up with what we think is this, of as hardship of any kind most people in fact would die psychologically if they had to, to live like their great grandparents did Yet you, you get all these snippets of information And you could certainly tie the past in Because living history Those who lived through the history Are the best reporters on it Not the authorised ones that you end up Reading in school History is always scrubbed clean Until they have the, their perfected version which becomes the authorized standard version. And you're left with dates and places and what they say is wars over territory. And who benefits from all of this? who benefits from all the wars who funds the wars which body which international body set up the treaties to allow bankers to fund all sides and bring in laws so that whoever lost still had to pay what they owed after they, they lost it came out with the, the Falklands war Margaret Thatcher's little war this is the woman who said her greatest hero was Winston Churchill and she'd love to emulate him by leading Britain through a war this, this, this was her fantasy what a fantasy do you have for a male or a female but this is supposedly I don't know if she was really a woman I, I still wonder about that they called her the Iron Lady so they gave her the little Falklands War a real little war just to keep her happy I think and she certainly wouldn't have got her next term if it hadn't been for that war she wouldn't have been out but it turned out that uh, Britain 
had actually given or sold Argentina most of the ships before the war started not long before the war started and the Argentinians were paying it up kind of like a higher purchase deal and after the war was over and Britain had sunk the ships which were technically theirs Argentina still had to divvy up all the money they owed for the warships they got from England which England eventually sunk how come the bankers never lose how come defeated countries must still pay up who sets all these rules what's the common link between them all and you'll find it's done through major treaties treaties which are not discussed in parliament buildings or congressional halls just simply signed into law and they have gentlemen's agreements which are written into law and they're all Freemasons on all sides who bring this about and that's why the bankers never lose and that's why they fund every side yet the bankers themselves stand apart from all peoples on the planet because they're so interbred that it's scary they're so interbred so much so it's, it's kind of like animals if you if you have pedigree Labradors and you interbreed them you're pretty well guaranteed to have the same type same temperament and so on in humans when we marry in common we're commoners you see you can raise a, 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 a boy or a girl and you really have no say in their personality outcome and they can go off in any direction regardless of what mum or dad works at but when you look at the banking families they're pretty well guaranteed to stay banking families very weird they don't say I'm going off to be an engineer dad or I, I want to be a, a, a physicist the only exception I think was Victor Rothschild who was a scientist and again what's the odd thing about the Rothschilds if you go into their history being economists see there were also economists like uh, Malthus who looked upon the human herd as they called it and how long production could go on in certain areas and they would look at what would happen after those industries would go including the, the social mayhem they used think tanks to do this but they also had as I say archives of histories they understood this stuff they were economists and bankers they planned the future economists must do that for a dominant minority but what's interesting with the Rothschilds is if you look into their histories you'll see that they had a fascination with diseases and some of the Rothschilds in the early 1900s late 1800s some of the children had written books on how disease was transmitted by parasites now why would bankers and bankers offspring be fascinated by this and then we find later Victor Rothschild who became the head of all British intelligence at one point after he was the main suspect for passing information on to the communists he was also a, a, a scientist who worked at Porton Downs warfare laboratories where they made the, some of the best Britain makes some of the best bacteriums and viruses on the planet that was his job there so they have a fascination with that which also kills people if they had to breed you up I'm sure they would use genetics to speed up the process it's a form of herd management you cull off at times and you increase in others 
that's part of how you maintain control over the world especially when you're planning it all you plan the future in ancient Greece because they lived primarily on islands they sometimes arranged wars at the top to bring down the populations and once again they benefited from it those who invested because they had investment too and they had international bankers in those days as well who would loan to them and if you were very very good and you brought massive, masses of profit their way the bankers would actually allow you to marry into the family the early brotherhood system which still maintains itself today if you're tremendously good to them this little clique, this very small, small clique will bring you into their family and your genes will be raised to godhood at least your offspring and that's how it runs itself that's how it works looking back at as a for instance many of the reports from the American Psychological Association you can see how this ties in psychology and psychiatry at the higher levels being tied in with the control of populations the mind control we know this because even Coronation Street in England the longest running oh, gossip drama ever created shapes the culture of Britain by showing in advance what you're going to see and how you would behave and react as the actors do in predictive programming they employ psychiatrists and psychologists and all kinds of experts for their for the series and they showed this on television knowing the public mimic what they see and behave the same way in many of the reports of these associations and their own publications, their magazines and books they've mentioned the need to use these sciences more so on the public without the public being aware of them we find the same thing written about by Bertrand Russell in his book The Impact of Science on Society and we also find it in Brzezinski's books and you can go as far back as even old Blavatsky who said a method of control over the minds of the public would be used the, the biggest weapon ever invented and she wrote that or at least supposedly wrote it in the 1800s so sciences are used to guide and manipulate and direct the world so much so that very few people have a, an original opinion of their own they all think they're sane especially when they can bounce these opinions off their neighbours who've gone through the same, condition, same conditioning and have the same answers that's how sanity today is judged it doesn't mean you, well, you could have a whole population that's insane and believes that they're, they're living in the top of a, a pyramid and that's the earth and if they're all taught that they'd all believe it and if you said no the earth is round they'd lock you up so if you have a different opinion from everybody else be proud of the fact it means you've, you've broken out and getting back to these associations of psychiatry and psychology that's the science really that's employed upon the people in cooperation with script writers, novel writers 
movie writers and directors all of these techniques are used of the mind, psychology and psychiatry to get us to emulate what we see to give us the opinions we're all supposed to have they can even change the opinions halfway through and and everyone will suddenly parrot the new opinion without noticing the changeover it's done so slickly it's also easier to do in a population who's been conditioned from childhood with these techniques of downloading it doesn't take much to reprogram them in a different direction But these associations of psychiatry and psychology have also talked about for many years the need to monitor every individual since everybody, every individual is a potential criminal. Every individual has the ability to do right or wrong. Again, the classifications vary and the definitions vary on the era and the period and the function of society. However, when it comes to abuse and violence, etc., sure, everyone does have that ability. But you do find most people will check themselves from using it. The world they are creating, since they don't believe anyone, can be trusted to monitor themselves and direct themselves. This world they're creating is to be a, a totally guided and monitored society monitored by experts until eventually we have the chip and this ties in with the war on terror never in history have they given us a term like this they've always been able to paint someone as a demon and dehumanize them through propaganda and have us go at them this war on terror is so ambiguous it's meant to be so because going back to psychiatry and psychology and their definitions see everyone as a potential terrorist and since abuse, uh, violence of any kind and even crime is coming under is falling under now in fact many of it already is many of these subjects are already under it under the guise of terror you can be a financial terrorist for instance for withholding taxes and I know that for a fact because I know someone in the US who had gone and followed one of these shortwave gold and silver fellas who said you don't have to pay your taxes to the federal government, it's all illegal, yada yada yada. And technically they're right because they didn't make amendments to bring in the, the Federal Reserve in any lawful manner and so on and so on. However, they'd followed this advice and sure enough they'd, they'd got it, they had all the demands from the federal government to pay their taxes just ignored them, found the loopholes, wrote back and, and told them why they shouldn't and they were kind of left alone although they kept getting demands but when the woman was going on holiday within the United States she was stopped at the airport and held, she was held for a while and when she asked why her name was down as a financial terrorist for withholding taxes so we see that everything now is coming under terrorism everything and that's why it's called the war on terror although it's a war of terror in actual fact it's going to broaden to include everything right thing, think, wrong think double think all of the different kinds of Orwellian thinking which is a good exercise in understanding that is to read George Orwell's 1984 the movies are excellent or the British movie is excellent with John Hurt and Richard Burton but it's even better to read the book to get the actual definitions in-depth definitions of right think and double think and so on these are sciences Orwell wasn't just picking these terms out the air Orwell was picked or Blair his real name was he was picked to work for this elite so he understood the process he understood the techniques and he'd been groomed for it since school picked at school 
just like today they picked the CIA and all the other secret services from school they did the same thing in England and Blair was picked up at Cambridge University and trained to go out to fight for a form of world socialism till he clued in that the guys who ran the socialist side and the communist side were all this, this, also the same bankers that, that ran the, the so-called right wings as well and after working at the BBC as a propagandist and he said himself in his memoirs that his job was to convince the British housewife that these cheap rationed little cuts of meat the stuff that they used to throw away is awful I think they called it awful because it was awful if you check the spellings his job was to convince them that it was actually better for you and he wrote about that they didn't like what he had to do but he showed you how this technique is used and that was through the BBC one of the best propagandists ever invented in conjunction of course with Tavistock and various other professors that's how they run society for those that think I've been hard on the young guys who have been brought up playing all the video games who like their uniforms and want to go off and do their bit especially the Air Force you know, the really brave ones I thought I should really have a change of heart here and, and finish off the night with something just for them after all you know they're, they're, they just want to help don't they they want to make the world a better place to live in for me it's good night and may your God go with you and the song is my little bit for this war on terror bye for now hello have you ever wondered if you had what it takes to be the best of the best of the best one of the few and proud one of the terminally stupid. You're 17 and thinking about college, right? After spending most of your young life playing video games, did you ever wonder how you could translate that into an amazing salary and kill real people too? Well, wonder no longer because in today's Air Force, we don't face the enemy mano el mano. We hide from him at 50,000 feet and carpet bomb the shit out of him until every old man, woman, and child is dismembered and spread out over the entire area. Did you know that the most destructive battle mission ever waged was from an Air Force bomber? That's right, kids. The Enola Gay dropped a single bomb that killed an entire city of non-combatants, entirely filled with old folks just like your grandparents and helpless children. We at the Air Force don't cut ears off to prove our kills like those pussy vets at NAM did. We do our killings wholesale, just like you learn to do in video games. That's right, you can be a top gun, a real man. In fact, we are counting on and hoping that you wasted years of your precious life doing nothing but sitting in front of a TV with a joystick in your hand. Have you ever wondered if you were the kind of man who could sentence to death someone you would never see? Do you like shiny metals and think sharp-looking uniforms with shiny pieces of tin somehow make you a better person inside? Well, we hope so. We really do. Because if you believe that, then you have what it takes to be a chemtrail pilot. We'll train you using taxpayer money. We'll fill your head with stupid slogans. We'll convince you we are your real family that will never betray you. And that until you joined us, you weren't really living at all. That's right. At the Air Force, 
We keep you so confused that you won't mind one day spraying the dickens out of your own family and friends, all from a safe and anonymous altitude, just like when you are when firebombing some rice paddy overseas. The great part is you won't even have to leave the states. You can kill right here in America. We're the Air Force, and we're looking for the best of the best of the best. Join us and become a chemtrail pilot today.